The Charlotte Ledger Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, Tony Messia with the Charlotte Ledger, and you're listening to the Charlotte Ledger Podcast. This is a special edition short podcast on the 2024 primary election. We're looking today at the Republican ballot in Mecklenburg County. We're talking General Assembly, Congress, Council of State, and of course, some of those races do carry over into surrounding counties as well, Gaston, Cabarrus, Union, and so on. Now, we're not talking about the presidential race today. There's plenty of information about that elsewhere, but we are going to talk about everything else on the ballot. You can find our full coverage with candidate summaries, questionnaires, and links to other helpful information at the Charlotte Ledger's election hub at thecharlotteledger.com. And by the way, we make that available with no ads, no paywalls, no crazy things popping up, making it hard to read, free to all, free to read, and it's as free of bias as humanly possible. We're just interested in keeping you informed, and that's at thecharlotteledger.com. It's a reminder that early voting goes through March 2nd, 2024, and Election Day is March 5th, 2024. I'm joined today by Kenny Smith, who's a Republican, former Charlotte City Council member, and Sucharita Kadali, who has helped guide and develop the Ledger's election information. We're going to talk about these races on the Republican ballot, and that's the ballot that Republicans will take and that unaffiliated voters could choose to take. And today we're talking only about the races that are on the Republican ballot in Mecklenburg in the primary. So while I'd love to start talking about local races like the Mecklenburg County Commission, well, there aren't any of those races on the Republican side in the primary. All of the action in that primary is on the Democratic side for now. Some of them will be kind of hot in November, but for now we're going to hold off. So let's start with U.S. Congress. So Mecklenburg County has portions of three congressional seats. One is represented by Alma Adams, who's a Democrat. There are no primaries in that race on either side, but there are Republican primaries for the other two. So let's start with the District 8 race. This is covering Matthews. Mint Hill, part of South Charlotte, that extends to the east, Union County, Stanley County, Anson County, a few counties to the east, plus the eastern portion of Cabarrus County. And Republicans are going to be favored to win this seat in November. That's the way it was drawn. There are six candidates running. The best known are Mark Harris. He's a pastor who ran for Congress in 2018. And John Bradford, he's a software company CEO who has represented Northern Mecklenburg in the North Carolina House. So Kenny, let's start with you. How's this race shaping up? What are the issues? How do Republican voters know who to vote for? This is a fascinating race. As you mentioned, you've probably got, you have six total candidates. You have two that have probably worked their way closer to the top of the list with, with a third showing from Lee Brown, who's no stranger to this race. She ran for this district in the special election after Mark Harris's issues last go around. This race to me is, is fascinating. You have John Bradford, who has been in, who's a small business owner, been in the North Carolina House, does not live in the district, but will move to the district if he wins, has loaned himself one million, raised another couple hundred thousand. Uh, he has shown up on TV. And then we know Mark Harris. Mark Harris, who ran, beat Dan McCready, and then subsequently they had the special election that elected Dan Bishop. Lee Brown, who is no stranger to again to this race. Lee is a realtor. The issues for these folks, I don't think there's a lot of difference. If you kind of go through it, everybody's strong on the border. Everybody is, I mean, again, life, pro-life comes into this. They all sort of seem to be pretty close, close on that. I mean, I think the biggest issue that you'll see in this race really comes down to Mark Harris and what happened the last time he ran. 
he's now coming out and saying that that election was stolen from him in 2018. He sort of aligned himself with former President Trump, who said the same thing about his election in 2020. Now, in Harris's case, I mean, he had a campaign operative who was illegally harvesting ballots. And at the time, you know, there was a hearing in front of the state board of elections. At the time, you know, Harris said, OK, maybe everybody's right. There needs to be a new election. But now he's saying it's stolen from him. So does that does that with Republican voters, does that help him? Does that hurt him? Do they not care? So I think Mark Harris has a natural base in Union County. So I think there are going to be a lot of folks that will say, hey, we do think it was stolen. The number of votes that were harvested were minimal, likely would not have changed the outcome based on the math. But if you're running against them, you're going to make it a primary issue. And to me, that's probably the biggest differentiator in, in, in the campaign. John Bradford, again, his of this race, I've seen, seen a lot of TV ads from him. He has incorporated his family in there, which is always a nice, nice concept. There are some other candidates in this race. Sicharita, who are the other candidates in this race? Yeah, so there's Alan Bauckham, and he is a gentleman who has a company in the agriculture space. The other two candidates are a lawyer named Don Brown, and he has a number of, to some degree, like just rants about various issues, whether it is his support of Israel or his belief that child sex traffickers should get the death penalty. And then there's Chris Maples, who's a former aide of Don Bishop's, and he is a big supporter of Trump. So I think that that's, that's sort of... The the, you know, who's aligned with, with Trump or not. Let's turn to the District 14 race. This one has the counties to the west of Charlotte, like Gaston and Cleveland counties, as well as North Mecklenburg, pieces of Southwest Mecklenburg. It's another seat drawn to favor Republicans. It has three people running. The best known is North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore. Kenny, what's going on here? At this race, as you can imagine, the district was drawn in a way that is probably very favorable to candidate Moore. He has served that area of the state for a number of years. And in, in when you're the Speaker of the House, he carries a lot of a lot of weight and a lot of clout. There are two other candidates, Lillian Joseph and I think Jeff Gregory. To me, this is one where if you look at the fundraising, Tim Moore raised over $1.4 million. Hadn't really heard much from the other candidates. You see him on TV. I, I know we don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion because it's not, but I think it is one where he is poised to win. All right, let's turn our attention to the Council of State. These are races to determine who's going to run state executive branch agencies. The highest profile race is the governor's race. You know, obviously you have Roy Cooper, Democrat, term limited out, not running again. You know, so this will be an open seat. So in this race for, on the Republican side, you have the state treasurer, Dale Falwell, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, and then you've got lawyer Bill Graham. How does this one shape up? This is a fascinating race, and it's really, and ultimately the winner likely will face Josh Stein. Again, it's a fascinating, fascinating race. Bill Graham has run before. Bill Graham is basically funding his own campaign. You have Dale Falwell, who is currently the treasurer, has a background in numbers, very fiscally conservative. Mark Robinson is probably more in the Trump camp, if you will, with his approach to politics, uh, very relatable on a personal level. The lieutenant governor's race, you have 11 people running. I'm not going to list them all, but some of the notable names with some political experience are Deanna Ballard, she's a former North Carolina senator, Jeffrey Elmore, North Carolina House member, the district attorney of Forsyth County, Jim O'Neill, Sam Page, the sheriff of Rockingham County, and Hal Weatherman, who's the former chief of staff to former lieutenant governor Dan Forrest and to representative Sue Myrick. So those are some of the names people might have seen before. Hal Weatherman, I think to me, as I look at it, you have the sheriff from Rockingham County, 
Hal Weatherman, Jim O'Neill, who's run statewide before, lost to Josh Stein in AG's race, Deanna Boward, as you pointed out. Hal Weatherman has raised over $400,000. He's got good political infrastructure. He's been crisscrossing the state in the, in the bus. I mean, I, I think out of those four, one of those three is likely to punch through. The question will be, do they punch through enough to get 30% with 11 candidates? That could be, could be tough. We could be looking at a runoff. Okay, the North Carolina Auditors race. The candidates are Dave Bullock, the UNC Chapel Hill trustee. We've got CPA Jack Clark, real estate broker Charles Dingy, former Greensboro City Council member Jim Key, former auditor candidate Tony Street, and former Cornelius Mayor Jeff Tart. Agriculture Commissioner, you got longtime incumbent Steve Troxler being challenged by Colby Bear Hammonds. Obviously, Troxler been there a long time, pretty well known name. Insurance Commissioner, you got Robert Brawley, you got incumbent Mike Causey, and you have Andrew Marcus. Anybody want to weigh in on that? It seems like Mike Causey is probably the favorite because he is the incumbent. Now, the only thing is some of the negative attention about his recent accusations of nepotism, whether that's going to affect him. He evidently hired some of his friends to be like his, his personal driver at a relatively at a high five-figure salary. All right, labor commissioner, four people running. The winner will face former Charlotte City Council member Braxton Winston, people running Luke Farley, John Hardister, Chuck Stanley, and Travis Wilson. Candy, any thoughts? I think this race is fascinating for Mecklenburg County folks. Just Braxton has been sort of the foil for conservatives in Mecklenburg County for a number of years. And ultimately, the winner will face, obviously face him. He doesn't have a primary. This campaign for Council of State has been pretty fascinating. Luke Farley and John Hardister probably seem to be the two that have come to the top. Luke Farley is an attorney in the construction industry. John Hardister is currently in the state house. Let's go quickly through the rest of these. Secretary of State, winner on the Republican side, will face longtime incumbent uh, Democrat Elaine Marshall. You have Chad Brown, Jesse Thomas, and Christine Villaverde. You got the superintendent of public construction race, in which you have longtime incumbent Catherine Truitt running against Michelle Morrow. You have a treasurer's race because Dale Falwell's running for governor. So we got on this side, on the Republican side, Brad Briner, AJ Dowd, Rachel Johnson. NC Court of Appeals seat 15. You have incumbent Hunter Murphy being challenged by Chris Freeman. And then I want to talk a little bit about this Senate race, North Carolina Senate District 42. This is a seat in South Charlotte, Matthews Mint Hill. You have two women running for this open seat, Jamie Daniel and Stacey McGinn. What's going on with this race? This is a fascinating race. And it is, this is, a, I think, a winnable seat for the Republicans, currently held by Rachel Hunt, who is moving on to the lieutenant governor's race. And Stacey McGinn has been very active in local Republican politics. She serves as general counsel for the local party, background, bank, I think Bank of America, some experience there. Uh, Jamie is a small business owner. They've had a little bit of back and forth. This is some little minor campaign controversy, if you will. I think Jamie Daniel accused Stacey McGinn of supporting woke B of A policies. Those policies were instituted in 2010, well before some of that stuff bubbled up. It's an interesting race. Stacey McGinn has loaned her campaign $100,000. Danielle has loaned herself $15,000. No real large outstanding fundraising. After that, I suspect whoever pushes through on this will get the support of local Republicans to win the seat in the fall. All right, that's going to do it for today. Again, if you want the full rundown, check out the Charlotte Ledger Election Hub at thecharlotteledger.com. And that's a wrap. To our listeners, thank you for listening. Charlotte Ledger Podcast is produced by Lindsay Banks. 
queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Queen City Podcast Network.